The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. We work hard at being healthier. And what we really need is better quality sleep. The new Sleep Number 360 smart bed intelligently senses your movements and automatically adjusts your comfort and support on both sides. This is not a bed. It's proven quality sleep. It's the biggest sale of the year where all beds are on sale. Save 50% on the new Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing only for a limited time. To find your local Sleep Number store, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. Here we go. Arrowhead Pride Heads, your Kansas City Chiefs coming away with the victory today. A 27 to 20 final from Arrowhead Stadium, improving to 2 0. Can't be any better than that. And beating what I thought was a very, very good Philadelphia Eagles team with a very, very good defensive front. So let's talk about it. I want to get into what I saw in this game, and it was kind of a weird game. I mean, at first it was all defense, a lot of defense. I mean, we saw 6-3 at the half, probably a really weird ending to the half, one that you probably wouldn't normally see where – All of a sudden, it's 6-3 Chiefs. There's a weird play where Terrence Mitchell pops the ball up into the hands of Zach Ertz. Eric Murray makes a fantastic play to save a touchdown. Uh, Don't forget, it could have been 10-6 going into halftime. And because of Eric Murray's hustle, this game was only 6-3. That was a little bit of a a momentum changer going into the halftime locker room. But the Chiefs rally back for for three quarters, really a defensive football game, old-time football, not a ton of scoring. And then in the fourth quarter, out of nowhere, it kind of becomes a little bit of a shootout. And fortunately for the Chiefs, that brings me to my first point today. They got Kareem the Dream. Kareem Hunt is really so far through two games, and you don't like to make a big deal out of a few games, but Kareem Hunt is unbelievable. And it's because when you started looking at this season, if you're a passionate Chiefs fan, 
what did you think this season was going to be about, at least on the offensive side of the football? I mean, you didn't know that Spencer Ware was going to get hurt, so you could have never really predicted uh, Kareem Hunt. But you thought the best players on this team, hands down, from a skill position point, would be Travis Kelsey and would be Tyreek Hill. As it turned out, the best offensive player on this team to this point, and you can't argue it just based upon numbers, is a rookie in Kareem Hunt. And you had all these other teams drafting the Leonard Fournettes and the Christian McCaffreys. You know, early in this draft, John Dorsey, you know, no longer with the Chiefs, goes up and gets Kareem Hunt in the third round. And right now, through two weeks, you got to think that this guy could be potentially the steal of the NFL draft. There was a stat that was released today from Randall Liu, NFL Communications. He's the only player in NFL history to have three-plus rushing touchdowns and two-plus receiving touchdowns in the first two games of his career. Right now, there really isn't a better player than Kareem Hunt on this football team. Finishes with 13 rushed for 81 yards and two touchdowns, and he was three for 28 yards as far as receptions go. And I want to bring up his rushing touchdown. Just a really impressive way to fight and not only fight, but reach his hand out and still get the score. I don't know if every running back in the league maybe gets that touchdown, but if you saw it on the replay, him just reaching the football over to break the plane, really good, gritty player for this Chiefs team. you got to like what they have in Kareem Hunt. Second point, this was the best game of Chris Jones' career. He was disruptive, You know, really turned it on in the second half, finishes the game with three sacks, He had an interception. How often do you see a defensive lineman get an interception? And he had two forced fumbles. And to date, he hadn't forced a fumble in his career. So the first two forced fumbles of his career and, of course, the three sacks for Chris Jones. It was a great day, really, for the Chiefs defensive line. D. Ford maybe had the best play that I've ever seen him have on that sack of Carson Wentz. He's had bigger plays when it comes to the meeting behind behind them in games. I know there was the ga- that game against the Chargers a few years back where he was so key in finishing the game, three sacks of Phillip Rivers and a pass breakup. But I have never seen this impressive of a play from D4 where he's blocked by an offensive lineman and is grabbing Carson Wentz with one hand, being pushed away, and he's still able to make the sack. You have to like that if you're watching this team and you're wondering about how, how this defense is going to be, especially given the fact that you don't have Tom Bahali for six weeks. So you have to have D Ford playing well. And I think this may springboard him into uh, playing even better. But it, it just goes to show what D Ford brings to the table because it takes a lot of strength. There's not a lot of people that could do that, grabbing the quarterback by one arm and still managing to bring him down to the ground. So a very impressive sack uh, by D Ford. And really this, Defense took over in the second second half. Four sacks of Carson Wentz in the second half. And if you could tell by the end of the game, he was really feeling it. He really looked good, like one of the better quarterbacks in this league in the first half. Comes in in the second half and really just didn't look as good because the Chiefs were able to get pressure on him. And so you like that. You like seeing that in the Kansas City Chiefs. Want to talk about Travis Kelsey. That's point number three today. Travis Kelsey had a great start to this game. He was kind of quiet last week. Kind of, You want to see more from Travis Kelsey against the New England Patriots on opening night of the NFL season. But in the first half of this game, looks pretty good. Has five receptions for 71 yards. You're feeling good uh, about the way his day is going. And then after the touchdown to Kareem Hunt, he takes a taunting penalty. And it's the second in two weeks. Getting a lot of tweets from you guys on Twitter saying, you know, what is the deal with Travis Kelsey? And... It's been a problem in the past, and this time in particular, if you were watching the broadcast, you really saw that 
Andy Reid got in the face of Travis Kelsey really hot because Andy Reid doesn't want Kelsey taking these silly penalties. And it goes back to the question of do certain players, you know, get certain special treatments? Because I don't know. It is true that if Ross Travis was the one taking back-to-back penalties in games, would he even be playing? And then, you know, some of you guys were tweeting at me, you know, bench him. He should take a series or two off. But then all of a sudden, you know, a series or two later, I think it was three series later, he gets a touchdown in one of the most athletic plays you'll ever see. And if he's benched at that point, maybe you're not winning today. So it's an interesting question. I think you can see both sides of it. You really don't want your team taking dumb penalties. And should you really be getting special treatment because you're one of the best players in the league in Travis Kelsey? It's just an interesting question. I bring it up because you wonder, you know, how it gets handled. My opinion, from what I know, I don't forget, I've been inside the Chiefs building. I know how Andy Reid works. Is Kelsey is going to be punished in some way or fashion. You or I will never hear about it. But yes, it's become a trend, and that's a bad thing, especially for a guy who says actively, and I can credit Sam Mellinger for bringing this to the world's attention on Twitter today, Sam Mellinger is a star, is if he wants to be considered a leader and someone who's serious and mature and, and major player in Kansas City and for this team, can't be taking penalties like that. I think he knows that, and I know for a fact that Andy Reid will let him know that. But I think the biggest thing, too, is it's just part of Kelsey as well. I think you have to remember that, and that's why he's as good as he is because he brings that passion and that fire uh, to the table. want to get into my fourth point uh, of today. Don't forget, and, and it's easy to forget as you watch a three-hour football game because you're pumped up, you're kind of going with the ebbs and the flows of the game, but this was the first game that the Chiefs had to play without Eric Berry. And what happens? They turn to the kids. Uh, Danny Sorensen, an undrafted free agent from 2014. Eric Murray, drafted by the Chiefs two years ago. And they had to play today. You know, and you, say, you saw Eric Murray take, a, take an early penalty. It wasn't, wasn't that great of a, a penalty to take, to defensive holding. And he responds. And you can tell that Sorensen did a nice job responding. You talk about athletic plays. I just brought up the one about Travis Kelsey. I don't know the jump over the defensive lineman by Sorensen to almost get Carson Wentz. How many guys do you see that could jump over a defensive lineman? I think I've said that three times today with Kareem Hunt, Travis Kelsey, and, and Danny Sorensen. They just have so many athletic players on this team. Really impressive day for Danny Sorensen. And, of course, I think you're always going to miss Eric Berry when it comes to an off-the-field standpoint. He's one of the, the greatest Chiefs when it comes to that. Everyone supports him. But you had to like what you saw today from Danny Sorensen and Eric Murray and this Chiefs defense as a whole because you got the feeling, and this is a good thing, that they're going to be able to manage without Eric Berry, at least on the field. And when it comes to them making a difference as the season goes on, I could see him even going back to Kansas City and being there for the emotional support. Of course, the bottom line for Barry right now is you want him back by 2018 training camp, 100% ready to go. But there's still this campaign, and it's good to see these kids playing well. Last point, point number five, Alex Smith, not as loud as last week, but still an efficient day, 21 of 28 for 251 yards and a touchdown. And I think the thing that you're going to like about Alex Smith, and I enjoy this about Smith, is that he's never going to cost you a football game. And I think he was willing to take shots today. If you notice early in the game, he just missed Tyreek Hill on what would have been a touchdown. And I could tell from listening Arrowhead Stadium would have been rocking, but unfortunately doesn't happen for Alex Smith on that play, but still had a pretty good game. And you have to remember, especially in the first half, the offensive line was struggling 
with this Eagles defensive front. And for good reason. It's, I mean, I don't think you should look at this game and be like, okay, we have our, our offensive line is in trouble. I think we should be looking at this game and saying, okay, they did a, a not so good job managing this Eagles defensive front in the first half, but the team went into the locker room. They made some adjustments. You know, they didn't have Alex Smith dropping back as much. They had some more, you know, end around plays, some shovel passes, things like that in the second half. Really creative play calling, but that's going to happen. There were a lot of talented players on this Eagles football team, and that would, that's what makes me think that they're going to be a real power player in this league. You know, people before the season were talking about the Giants and Cowboys in that NFC East. I wouldn't be surprised seeing that team today if the Eagles don't make a run in the NFC East and the Chiefs beat a really talented team today. And, and you see it also in Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is the truth. And he's going to be good for this team. And I could see the Eagles at least getting 10 wins this season. So this is a, that, that, that makes this one even more impressive. I want to get into one final point, And this is going to be a, a very underrated part of today. You know, if there's a sexy game ball to give, you give the sexy game ball to a Kareem Hunt. Because, you know, he had all the flashy plays. 13 carries, 81 yards, two touchdowns and the three catches for 28 yards. So the sexy game ball goes to Kareem Hunt, but there's a dirty game ball that you got to give to Zach Fulton because Mitch Morris left this game with a foot injury. I'm sure we'll be getting updates as the week goes on. I'm seeing right now from Twitter that he actually left the locker room in a boot and on crutches, so not a good sign for Mitch Morris. That's that from Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest. But you like that Zach Fulton was able to come in this game and pretty much seamlessly allow the offense to continue to work. And such a huge part of this game was the fact that they didn't skip a beat. And when it's your center, you never know what can happen in there. Some of the backup centers in the National Football League are not good. Zach Fulton not only can play center, he can play guard. He can even uh, you know get out there to tackle. Tackle will now be more in the hands of Cam Irving as he gets healthier. But I like what Fulton was able to come in, and you didn't even notice. You didn't even notice that Morse was hurt. And it's so important, especially given the offensive line, and again, given this Eagles defensive front. Great job by, by Zach Fulton. I do want to bring up another point that I thought was pretty fun and interesting. We had the interview with the mayor of Kansas City. He made a prediction for this game. I want you guys to listen to this. This is pretty fun. I'm going to go with the score of 27-13. I think that Alex Smith is going to continue to throw downfield. The new Alex. Well, you know, a lot of people say it's the new Alex. I think it's the same <laughs> Alex. I just think they've taken the handcuffs off of him. And he has somebody that can get open downfield and a line that's protecting him enough so that he can throw downfield. So it may be a new appearance of the old Alex, but I've always thought Alex Smith could throw downfield. And I think sometimes people forget the game that he played against the Colts that the that was lost uh, with a huge lead, and he was airing the ball out there. So I have faith in the guy. I think he's a great quarterback. I don't think he gets nearly enough credit, but I'm going with 27-13. 27-13. It was almost that score, if not for that Eagles garbage time touchdown that and, and ended up you know being a bigger touchdown because they were able to recover the onside kick. But the mayor coming through, I get a text from the mayor after that, and Mayor Sly goes, I believe this is the exact score I prediction, not over, but, and then the Eagles score the touchdown. So he kind of jinxed himself there. Sorry, Mayor Sly, but pretty fun for him to be that close on the score prediction. And uh, that's all I got. So those are my five takeaways. Fun day for Kansas City. I want to turn it over to your comments, questions, things like that. Now I'm going to go back and read a few that we like, as we do every week. If Sorensen had sacked on that leap, it would be the highlight of the year from Jason Elm. 
Well, I don't know about that. I think the, the Tyree kill touchdown last week was pretty good. I thought Travis Kelsey jumping over a, gigant, a gigantic man today to score a touchdown was really good. It certainly would be up there for sure. Mike Light, we shouldn't have let the Eagles make that last touchdown. Yes, uh, it would have been nice. would have been a little bit easier, stress-free day. Dennis Blessing says, I still think we should look at Fulton at center and Morris at left guard. Our O-line would be better, I think. So you probably mean Morris at left guard. Morris has been the center since he's been drafted. I think if he's healthy, he plays there. And left guard should be interesting. Brian Witzman was struggling a little bit early in today's game. And you have Parker Anger, who's continuing to get better. And Zach Fulton has played guard. But I don't know if Mitch Morris is leaving the locker room on crutches. you got to think there's a chance that he may not be able to go next week. So I think they keep Fulton at center and Witzman at left guard until it becomes a bigger problem. Once Anger is truly healthy and, again, uh, he's recovering from that knee injury. He was actually inactive today, doubtful going into this game, winds up being inactive. I think there's a chance they slide him back in a Witzman spot, but they won't do so until he can get practice reps. And right now, I don't think he's even ready to really be on the field with the first team. So I think that's Witzman's spot, spot for now. When it comes to offensive line play, I've heard it a lot of times from guys who have played the game and just being around the Chiefs. It's so important when it comes to the offensive line having chemistry with each other. So the reps together are what really drives the offensive line. And the fact that Witzman's been in all year gives him a little bit of an edge. I think Parker Anger, it's going to take a lot right now for his job to be won back. And it's going to take a lot more games like this. And again, yes, it was a bad game for the offensive line, especially in the first half. But you have to understand when you look at this game that the Eagles have one of the best defensive fronts in the league. And you never want to give excuses. And I hope that you're not taking it as that. But it's not going to be this hard every week. So that's why I, I, I think you got to remember, and it's very, very early in the season. For example, if this was an Eagles team, let's say the Chiefs saw them later on in the year, and they came in and they were 6-2, and two, you'd be a lot happier with what you saw today because they've already proven that. I think they're headed in that direction. So you might look back in this game and be like, dang, that was a pretty good team the Chiefs beat. So keep that in mind as you're kind of upset with the offensive line. I, I could see where you can do that because it's true. Alex Smith had very little chance and very little room to do really anything in the first half. But keep in mind that this defensive front, one of the best. And you'll hear that, hear that from multiple people around the league. If they called offensive pass interference on Alshon Jeffrey, they wouldn't have scored that last touchdown. I thought that was offensive pass interference against Philip Gaines. I think that that's what you're referring to. That's an easy call for me. It's got to be frustrating for defenses to not get calls based upon the fact that they're on, on defense and the other guys on offense because so easy to throw the flag on a, on a defensive guy for pass interference. But when it's clearly offensive pass interference, you got to throw the flag on the other side too, and they missed that one. Also in the game, missed an early horse collar uh, on Kareem Hunt. So a couple missed calls, didn't go in the Chiefs' direction, but they're still able to pull out the win. Debbie Reynolds says, Travis played with heart, and even Tony Gonzalez says he's the best. I agree. Travis Kelsey is going to be a polarizing figure this week in Kansas City. I know you like your guys, but you also, as a fan base, from my Twitter mentions, I could tell that you really like your guys to be good people, too, on the football field. So <laughs> I know that uh, the taunting penalty two weeks in a row is not going to make people happy. But again, I said it earlier in the podcast, uh, Facebook Live, that I really believe that Andy Reid will discuss this with him off the football field. Michael Moore says, you keep not talking about the elephant in the room, Philip Gaines. See, the thing about Philip Gaines is... <sighs> He was really good for the Chiefs before the injury, and he, and he had that uh, ACL tear and came back up and down year last year where he wasn't completely healthy the whole year. You think that he's been healthy, at least from what we can tell this year. Some people say that an ACL tear 
will take two full years to recover from. So you would think that he is back to normal now. So so he's you know he should be he should be ready to go. And there's been plays where you see he seems like he's beat, and you seem like seems like there's a little bit of tugging there. It's very hard for me to watch a broadcast, and I did this last week, and, and I won't ever do it again. I judged Terrence Mitchell based upon the four pass interference penalties that I saw him take without watching the tape. And as it turned out, Terrence Mitchell had a nice game last game. So until you can really go back and watch the all-22 footage, you don't really know how Philip Gaines played in this game. That's what we have Seth Kaiser for on the, on the film reviews, and, and he can tell you whether or not Gaines didn't have a great game. I think Gaines is a little bit of a problem, but but at the same time, it's almost a, a situation where it's like at least on this current roster, it's who else are you going to put out there at this point? You know what I mean? I I, I think Terrence Mitchell is a good player for this Chiefs team, uh, and you have Gaines kind of coming in there with the nickel and dime looks. They sometimes mix them up, things like that. Now using Murray and Sorensen, so there's just different defensive looks. You know, last week they used uh, Ron Parker as a cornerback a little bit more. As players get hurt and you're shifting these guys around. You're going you're gonna to give different defensive looks. I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer is for Philip Gaines, uh, but we also don't know yet how his game was today. Uh, we'll have a podcast on Tuesday after I review the film with Sean Barber. That's, we're going to be adding a new podcast to this after we look at the film and kind of a better idea of who played well and who didn't. When you're watching from the broadcast angle, you can't really tell when it comes to the cornerbacks. So this gives an opportunity for a great plug. Uh, check back to our podcast channel on Tuesday. Sean and I will be looking at the tape and then coming back with some ideas and also reviewing Andy Reid's press conference from Monday. So we'll now have three shows. This one on the podcast, there'll be the Tuesday show, which reviews the film and Andy Reid. And then on Thursday, we'll have our flagship show with Joel and Sean and with Seth calling in for predictions about the next game. So we'll have that one again this week for Thursday. But we will look at the film. I will be watching games. We'll see how he did when it comes to pass coverage, and then check back again, I guess, on Tuesday. Kevin Cooper asks, do you think the offense will get back on track against San Diego? I think Philip Gaines is still recovering from that knee injury. That's why he isn't the same player as he was before. Again, we'll get to Gaines. Do I think the offense will get back on track against San Diego? I would think that the answer is yes. I don't think the San Diego defensive front is as talented as that of the Eagles. It's still really hard to tell who's good in the National Football League, but They'll be under less pressure next week. That I almost guarantee. So with that in mind, you would expect Alex Smith to have a little bit more time. And when it comes to offense, I think there was a decent day today. I mean, you had over 100 yards rushing on the ground, over 200 yards passing. I think the difference is if you give Alex a little bit more time, he'll have more time to hit guys like Tyreek Hill. It was more today the running game of Hunt and the short passes to Kelsey where he can get yards after the catch that really made the difference. And that's because of the time. There just wasn't enough time. If you really think about it, about it, Alex Smith really only had the one shot to Tyree kill the score on a big time play. And that was early in the game. And then after that, they were under the heat all day. So yes, I do think it'll be a little bit easier and he'll have a little bit more time against the San Diego front next week. And that should make a ton of difference. I'll take one or two more questions, guys, and then I'll let you on with your Sundays. Josh Dobbins asks, how long do you think Hunt can keep up this kind of production? I think that's a good question. I think what you've seen so far is a really impressive kid, but like you see with all running backs, it can be up and down. I mean, sometimes running backs have, you know, two or three great years and then you don't really see them again. You saw it with a guy that the Chiefs have been like flirting with in CJ Spiller where he had two two really good years and then you didn't really see that production again. So I want to caution, you know, you to think, uh, okay, this is going to be the next Jamal Charles. Listen, 
He looks very, very, very impressive. He looks like he could be the future star running back in Kansas City. But it's a good question when you ask how long can he keep up this production because every game the Chiefs play, there's now pro tape on him. The natural idea is that as people get tape on him that he'll get less and less effective. It's how willing he is to work with Eric Bieniemy. You know, to change up his game, change up the looks, how how the Chiefs use him. It, it all depends on that type of stuff, coaching staff, schemes, things like that. So if they continue to be creative and use him in different ways, which he offers with his skill set, I can't see the production really declining with Hunt. Again, you saw early in this game, the way they were using him, he was getting stopped early on, but then he was able to break through for that 53-yard touchdown. And again, there are certain things you see in him where already – the first defender that touches him is usually not able to bring him down. Those are good signs for good production and pr- production that running backs will sustain. And the good thing about it is, and you can't always tell from college, is this is a guy who had over 4,000 yards in college and has proven he could do it at that level. So if he just continues to work, you know, work with his coaching staff, the production may stay there, which will be good. All right. Don't see really any more questions or comments. So I am going to say a few, just a few more things in review. Uh, Kareem Hunt. Real deal so far, setting another NFL record today via Randall Liu of uh, NFL Communications as far as th- he's doing things in his first two games that players have never been able to do when it comes to scoring. Chris Jones, probably the defensive MVP today, the best game of his career. You know, there was a second there where he was hurt on the ground, but able to come back, three sacks and an interception, a uh, fat guy interception, which you never see on the defensive line or very rarely see on the defensive line. So a good job by Chris Jones. Travis Kelsey, weird game for him, ends up getting over 100 yards receiving, a big-time touchdown where he hops defender. Of course, there's the things where, you know, you'd like to see him maybe not taunt for two weeks in a row, but I'm sure that'll be addressed. Uh, Danny Sorensen and Eric Murray did a nice job filling in for Eric Berry, and Alex Smith put together an efficient day. And at the end of the day, and uh, just to reiterate what I've been saying all podcast, all Facebook Live, is that I think this is an Eagles team that's going to be very good this year, which you want to see. Doug Peterson had a great game plan. Carson Wentz has shown an ability to work in the pocket, an ability to escape. Kind of reminds you of like an Alex Smith, even a Ben Roethlisberger type. I think he's the real deal. I think you're going to look at this Eagles team in about nine weeks, and they may be six and three. So I think this is a really good team the Chiefs beat today. You know, don't look at it just a one and no team because very, very good defensively. They were battered in the secondary, and they were still able to stay in this game with the Chiefs. They held them to six points at the half. Chiefs offense is looking really good, especially against New England last week. So to hold them to six points in one half, really good. And treat this as a big-time win. Like I said, the NFC East is a tough, tough division to play. Chiefs have to play every team in that division this year. And to get that win today, it's a big-time, gritty win. And again, offensive MVP, Kareem the Dream. Defensive MVP, Chris Jones. The mayor almost calls the game. It was 27-13. Arrowhead Pride contributor, Sly James, almost calls the game, misses it. But the Chiefs still able to get the win. You should be happy. It should be a happy Sunday. you got the whole rest of the day to watch football. Your Chiefs are 2-0, and and they'll roll on to their first division game next week against the San Diego Chargers. This week, we're going to have a Tuesday podcast to wrap up Andy Reid's Monday press conference and talk about the film. We'll have a Thursday podcast bringing you into the San Diego game. We're going to be doing everything as far as the new rundown, the Madden Sim, everything like that. If you have any questions, always contact me at PG Sween. This has been fun. Your Kansas City Chiefs win 27-20, to improve to 2-0. and Have a great Sunday. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. 
It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.